you know, I'll put all this effort into like, I'm like, okay, well, I just sent out like, I think earlier in the year, I sent out like 900 emails to like, uh, our consultancies and graphic designers and creative agencies and, um, you know, uh, packaging firms. And I was like, I want to get into like cannabis packaging and then like breweries. Like I just went like hog wild. I was like every single surface that like potentially could be a fit for my art. I'm going to reach out to and just like, I did my research which also then took time and was like, what is the correct email? Like if they have an official submission process, um, what's their aesthetic already? Do they have a partnership program? Do they work with artists? Just so I would be like prepared when I was emailing them. So I wasn't just like sending them a generic thing, which showed that like I actually cared. And also that I thought that I was like legitimately a fit for what they were doing, that I wasn't just going to be like bothering them. So I sent out all those emails. I got back a few responses that were actually very promising and nice. And then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, but, um, yeah, it's so easy to be like, I sent out all those things. And then, like, nothing really happened from it. But then every now and then, as long as, like, one thing pans out, um, it could be a huge opportunity. Like, you just don't know what, like, you know, is that little seed going to grow into, like, a giant sapling? You know, so, and and is that... And I think, yes, I think that is more perhaps rewarding and useful than if I just had a bunch of like little tiny shrubs or something. Um, so I have to kind of keep reminding myself, like, it's not about, you know, it's quality over quantity, I suppose. So it's like, if you get a really good opportunity or you connect with the creative director, who's like, okay, I'm going to refer you to like all these different people, or I'm going to use you for this certain project. It's going to last this many months, or you're, you're going to be like our designer on this client or whatever. Like, I think that's kind of the mindset that I have to take is like, I'm really, I'm trying to like hook or connect with something that has like real legs to it. Um, and I don't need to just get like you know, a million responses where everyone's like, okay, can you do this one background for me? I just end up doing like a hundred little things, um, which then ends up taking so much time. Um, and you know, in the end, I, it might, you might be like, what, what was I just doing all of that? Was it just like busting my ass to do all these little tiny things for so many people? And then the, the, you know, the payout is like nowhere near the time you actually put in. Um, when you're like, if I just spend all that time working on like one big project, um, it would have been so much better for my sanity and so many, you know, fewer emails and probably a bigger payout and more acclaim. But, um, at the same time, I'm also like taking what I can get and taking what interests me and working with people I want to work with. So there's no like specific formula. A lot of this is just based on feel and then a little bit of experience. Um, and so much experimentation where I'm like, it's a new world. I, especially like as a self-taught digital artist where I basically, played around on an app, found more apps, played around on more apps. And that's like the extent of my training in digital art is just like playing, which is fun. And in the end, I, it like, it is like language immersion. Like I started to learn different terms for certain effects. Um, I would follow different glitch artists and ask them how they were doing it. And like, I mean, I have on, um, so I won an, uh, like local art grant like a year ago. And for my community benefit project, I put together a workshop on my website. That's like a little bit about the history of glitch art. There's kind of a section that's about like the history of my art and like my own journey as like a virtual artist talk. And then I break down into like a bunch of, um, different 
styles and some examples and different apps you can use to achieve those styles. Um, so I have a lot and like, in, and I only put in apps that I have used and that I recommend and I've tried out a ton more that you will not find on those lists because for one reason or another, they only save to low res. They have their, like their interface is really tricky. Um, they do things that other apps do better. They're loaded down with ads, whatever. So like everything on that list is what, you know, I vetted. Um, so sometimes people do come to me. So I, so if they come to me and ask me how I made something, like I may not know the exact steps and I'm not like guard, I'm not guarding my secrets too closely. It's like, I don't actually know how I did that. I'm sorry, but I think it was this app and I'm not, but I don't know how I did it. But if people come to me and ask me, I usually do try to help them to the best of my ability. Cause I think, you know, if I, if, if I don't have confidence in my creative process or like, or what I can bring to the table as an individual, like if I think that it's, if, if I, if, if, if it's just the app that's making the art, then I might feel threatened, but I'm like, okay, I bring enough individual skill and vision and process that I can give someone else the same tools and they're going to get a drastically different outcome. They're not going to be like infringing upon, you know, my territory. So I do try to be open when people ask me, unless it's someone who's asking me who does not follow me and sends me a DM and asks me how to do something. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, that's, it may seem petty, but it's like, I'm not just going to give out free information to just anybody. Like, you have to show some investment in, like, being my art friend, <laughs> basically. Um, but then... Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, so many people get that. Like, there's people that just want something from you. Yeah. And they're not, yeah. like, it's that community. You want that sense of yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, like, help people. And, but I also, you know, it's not for nothing. Like, it's like, okay, well now, now I'm invested in you. So like, you should be invested in me. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to be a pioneer and like break in any kind of new app or software or technique, then like, not everyone needs to do that. Like I can help people like not cut corners, but at least like streamline their efforts because I think ultimately, um, you know, I would rather be spending all my time creating rather than like putting in the work to learn stuff. Though I do like learning things, but kind of if I can save other people time, um, then I like to do that and just to like help give people a boost and get them creating. Um, so uh, anyone listening, if you have questions, definitely feel free to reach out to me. But um, if you follow me on Instagram, I will be more inclined to be more generous with my information. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's so that's sort of a roundabout way of going about my journey. But um, a lot of it was just um, experimenting and just creating and just putting stuff out there. And whether it was my dad or a college roommate or someone on Instagram, um, colleagues that responded to what I was doing. And at the same time, I had to also like what I was doing. Like I may, you know, I back in the day was like editor-in-chief of my high school paper and everyone was like you should be a journalist and then I was like once I got to college it's like I'm burned out like I don't want to do that anymore and what was nice was being in a position to to have some self-determination to say like yes I may have a skill in a certain area but that doesn't mean that I have a passion for it um so I'm trying to especially even with like choosing freelance jobs like there are jobs that come along where I'm like I mean technically yes I could do it but do I want to um, or do I have to, which is, you know, like, do I need that money <laughs> or that connection, you know, and there's so much more that goes into like what, 
makes a project worthwhile. Like, am I going to be working with someone I want to establish a good relationship with? Do they have, you know, under the umbrella of their organization, other wings of it that are more interesting to me that this would give me a foot in the door? Is this a, um, you know, a particular discipline or like um, manifestation of a project that I like, you know, if I haven't done packaging before and someone comes to do packaging, maybe it's not like the style that I want, but I'm like, this would be really good for me to learn and also to have my portfolio to then say to demonstrate like yes I can do it um and I'm gotten to the point also where like little like life hack where if you do something one time you can say that you have done it so if someone's like like I did packaging for like a beer for a brewery for beer cans so now when people ask me have I done packaging and say yes I have I don't have to you know volunteer and say just one time for just this one kind of thing as you know, just just to assuage them like I know that I can do it and I have done at least one permutation of it so I think just like having the confidence because so often people just want to hire someone who has like you know they just want to have the comfort that you can do it um and they need like a little bit of proof um but with so many of the projects that I do um I maybe haven't done something exactly like it um but I through my experience um or a big part of it is through my creative network that I built of friends and people um who are willing to help or I'm willing to help them like I know and through just some like good old-fashioned googling I know that I can like whatever I'm trying to do is not this great unknown thing like it's doable by humans so why not this human so if I'm taking on a big project and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't, I mean, I told the client, I haven't done that before. I can be like, I, you know, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it, but I know that I can do it. Um, and, you know, that's really all they need to know <laughs> is that like, you can guarantee it will get done. It will be done correctly. It will be done well and by when they need it and under, you know, and within the budget you agree upon. And then all the behind the scenes stuff, you can kind of just do your own thing in a way. So like, I have, I do a lot of video work, but like I haven't learned After Effects yet, but I have a really good friend who in pre-COVID days, I would, she was, her whole thing was like, I will help you do some rendering or teach you something in Premiere, but just like come over and bring me a burrito. And that was just like, and then we'd hang out, she'd get a burrito, she'd teach me something. And it was like an excuse to hang out with her. She gave me like this invaluable advice and it was just like a burrito. Whereas I, you know, I could have spent like hours researching it or like paying someone to do it and it just, it would have cost me more. And in this way also like it's fun, it's less intimidating for me to have to, you know, I can say, okay, it's maybe this like one step isn't something that like, maybe eventually I should learn how to do it, but the investment of time and energy to do it myself on a deadline when I'm already stressed and I'm not sure if I can get it done correctly, like sometimes asking someone else to do it for you is a really good option. Um, and so it's really, and then it also just gives me the confidence to be like, okay, I know I can say yes to a gig where even if I can't do a specific thing, if I know someone who can help me do it, then um, it gets me, you know, it just, it gets me in the, to be in the position to say, to accept a gig. Um, so yeah. yeah so and it's, it, it's okay to do that, isn't it? Yeah. It's okay to, ask people for help I think that's what people mm -hmm. find so scary and so like oh no I have to do everything myself I have to but it you don't yeah I ask people for help all the time um and uh the worst they can say is no I've never had anyone who's been like rude to me about it even 
Um, you know, some, as long, I think the key though, I mean, there's a few things behind it, like have a really specific ask to begin with. Like when people, like, I think someone reached out to me on LinkedIn who I connected with for some conference and her question was like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, Oh God, like, I don't even know how to answer that. Like, <laughs> like, and she, I know she was just being nice. Like it was, it was a perfectly serviceable question, but I'm kind of like, where do I begin? Like, what do you, like, I don't even know. I don't I have to like look up who she is and be like, okay, what does she do? And how might that be relevant? Whereas I've had other people, like, I think a really good, like icebreaker question is like, what's a, what's your favorite project or what kind of, what are you working on right now that you're excited about so that you can get to know each other, but there's like something concrete. So, um, because just for like the mental energy or like the research that goes behind coming up with a simple answer. Cause this isn't just like my friend I've known for years where I can just like shoot the breeze with them. So be super specific or like sometimes people ask me like, do you have any advice for like being a digital artist? And I'm like, yes, but like how much time you got and how, more importantly, how much time do I have? Um, whereas if someone um, is like, oh, I saw this piece on your Instagram if you don't mind, could you tell me how you made it? Or like, what do you, I'm, I'm trying to get this certain effect. Do you have any apps you recommend? Or like, you know, how did you get this gig? Or how would you recommend I, you know, frame this? Or how do I put this on my website? Like the more specific you can get, then it takes away so much of my guesswork. Um, and it's just, it's easier for me to answer you. And also I'm going to give you better information because I'm going to have more clear direction on what you need to know um but I do I ask for help on tons of things whether it's like you know like on the dots when I reach out to someone to say hi like I'll say like you know here's what I do here's some examples and what I what I really like doing is when I'm networking with creative folks is like you know like do you want to collaborate like I let and I'll look at I don't ask everyone to collaborate um you know if it's if they're like you know a PR person like, I, you know, I could say, like, I don't know if there's ever a chance to work together. I'd have to know more about what you do. But, like, like I loved your illustrations. And I was like, okay, I have a vision of how we can work together. So, like, I, I do try to be thoughtful about, like, what am I getting myself into? Um, and, and also just not to, like, get someone else's hopes up. Um, but um, I think that has been really fulfilling just to be able to approach other creatives, like, on an like on a peer-to-peer -peer basis, um, that can be an easy, that's going to be like an easier way to break into like pitching yourself and connecting. Um, whereas like if I've had to do stuff with people on LinkedIn who are like, you know, they're like accountants or something like, yeah, I can like try to become friends with them on LinkedIn. But there's also, I think, more of like this transactional tone there where it's kind of like can you get me a job can you make me money and it's it's kind of a little off-putting um but I do still I, I do so much outreach which I sort of consider asking for help in a way where it's like oh hey I like your brand or your company or whatever here's some of the stuff that I do can you let me know if you know my art would be a fit for any projects you have coming up um and you know, it could lead to something. And if you believe in your work and you genuinely want to work with them, then you're not bothering them. They can delete your email. They cannot respond. Um, you know, I'm not calling them or showing up to their office or something. So, but that is sometimes what it feels like you're doing. Like, I know, I know. that it is. I know. It's sometimes really, like, scary to send it. But exactly like you said, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to yeah. either yeah. not reply or... Yeah. And once you do it enough, like 
I mean, I now have, like, I've done it, like, hundreds of times. Um, but now it's just, and especially, and I think also, like, in the time of, like, COVID, like, we have to be adaptable to be networking and finding opportunities virtually. So, it you know, it might have been, it's, it's also, like, it's easier to follow up with someone you met in person, but it's also can be really hard to meet someone in person, um, even before all this. So, uh, I think a lot of people have also just become like more lax and just kind of like more open to like to contact. Like I find that we're all just kind of craving it. So like I'll, sometimes I'll interact with someone on the dots or wherever and you know, I'll think they're cool, but they'll be like, oh wow, it's so great to hear from you. And I'm like, really? Like, okay, that's really nice of you. Like, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm working on this or I love this style. And I'm like, oh, that's great because I love this about you. And like, we can have like a mutual like admiration club kind of set up. Um, and you know, then we'll have a Zoom call and I'm like, wow, I just made a friend. Like, that was so nice. Um, and it was just, yeah. And just remembering that there's, there's a person on the other end um, can be, can really <laughs> chill you out. Um, and then it's like, but it's all, it's, it's always, it's funny. It's like, it's this weird, like fun surprise when you're like, I connected with a human. I like them. They like me. Yay. Um, but, uh, cause I think there is like this, you know, when you're writing an outreach email, you're kind of just like, you know, like straightening up, like dear sir or madame or whatever it is. Like you, you kind of have to knock yourself out of that um, kind of like old tire, like uh, power structure and just be like the way, so the way that I've found is, and just from doing research and, you know, there's like, you know, if you're going to be writing email to someone, like it's, it's really about like, yes, you should demonstrate that like you know who you're talking to and you like their work and you've done the background, you know, effort of like, would you even be appropriate for them? So you're not like, I think if you just sent your stuff out willy-nilly without any intention behind it, then, like, you could be bothering somebody. Not that it's going to be terrible, but it's just, like, not a really a good use of your time. Um, but um, to kind of, like, strike this balance of, like, you do the research, you like them, you articulate that you like them in some way, whether it's, like, oh, I love this post you did, or that was great advice. Just, like, what even just one little tidbit, like, I love that billboard you guys had it, blah, 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 just like some little thing, just to show that like, you actually give a hoot. Um, so so they feel good. And then rather than saying like, I would love to work for you. It's like, yes, you would love to work for them. But you also are kind of pitch yourself like, I think my style, which is described as this would be a great fit, or we could make really cool stuff together. It's like, what do you have to offer them of value? And kind of position it like, in a way, like, you're doing them a favor. Like, if they, you know, they have a cool artist come to them, a cool designer come to them, that's less research that they have to do to find that person. So you're, like, making their job easier. And then if you, like, believe in yourself and you really think you can make cool work for them, then, like, that's awesome for everybody. Like, you get to make cool work and they get cool work. Um, so I think being able to, like, yeah, like I said, like, strike that balance between, like, you like them and here's how you hope that they will like you and why you will be of use to them um can be more effective than just like hey I'm you know I'm a big fan would love to work with you it's like okay what um so and I also have like 
different pages on my website for different kinds of projects and it can get really micro it's like here are designs I made for like subscription boxes you know um so but it helps I kind of consider my portfolio to be sort of like modular so that depending on who I'm reaching out to I can give them like exactly what I want them to look at that's relevant to them as opposed to like check out my portfolio and just like you know just go to town just find your way through 200 pages just like good luck no map um so instead it's like okay here's like a specific place to check out like oh here's my packaging work here's my patterns here's some gifs or gifs um so um yeah that's my general advice is just like um do some research present yourself in a way that is like easy for somebody else to understand but also effective in like making your point that you or someone good to hire um, I know that wasn't like a specific question, but I think it's useful information. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, because, but I also think it is quite hard to sort of say that like, this is what I do. And I, it's like, I don't, I sometimes I just don't have the confidence to be like, yes, this is what I do. And I can offer you this, this and this because, and it must, it is really hard to get that. Yes. Um, and I will say as a writer, it took me, I'm, I'm still rewriting my artist statement, like, all the time, um, but I think also because I don't really come from, like, a total arts background, um, or, like, a trained artist background, um, and the fact that what I'm doing is, like, this kind of, like, difficult to describe new media, I've sort of, had to force myself to be like okay no art fluff no art bs like no ego just like how do i explain what i do to someone if they're learning about it for the first time in a way that like sounds cool but also is comprehensible um so it has been a challenge but i that's sort of like you know i think of it as more of like an elevator pitch or just like or just an intro um to to kind of frame like how someone can understand and appreciate my art um but it is super hard and writing about art I like even as a trained writer it's still like if some if I have to enter an application for a grant or for a competition or whatever it is and there's like a portion that needs me to write something that I don't already have I'm like ah like if I wanted to write I would be a writer I'm doing this because I don't want to write like what do you why give me homework um but all that said I do once I kind of like muster up the strength and I sort of think of it as like powering up an old computer that has or like or like putting in a, a disc and having to kind of like get back into that program once I'm in that mode you know and I kind of get past my own mental block then you know I can do it um so for any of your listeners who uh who need help with any kind of writing or just want to bounce things off or want someone to edit something like I I'm always happy to do that kind of a thing um, I think it's just like, if I have that skill set that, you know, I don't have to, if I, I'm not going to like rewrite someone's website or write a grant application, but like, I'll always look at something or I'm happy to like reword it or just like proofread it. Like I, I find that stuff kind of fun. And I think it can, if it's, you know, I'd hate to think that like some, if there's some artist out there whose work is really cool and I could just like take like 15 minutes to look over their statement and help them. And that ended up paying so many dividends to them in terms of their confidence or their ability to pitch or whatever. Like, I think again, like the planting of the seeds, like I think, you know, I, I like to contribute little tidbits when I can in the hopes that I can like really like magnify someone's success 
or just make them feel better. Um, so like there was a local arts group that I joined and like part of it, um, it's kind of like a cooperative and part of their model, their membership model is like, you need to donate, I want to say it's like six hours of volunteer work. And a lot of people sit at the gallery and just kind of like, you know, mind it and welcome people in. I was like, that's fine. But I think I like, you know, I can donate something more specific. So I set up these workshops where people could come for like half hour blocks and I could look at their artist CV. I could, you know, help them write descriptions or anything like that, their artist statement, whatever. Um, it ended up being postponed because of COVID, but I was like, that kind of, it did kind of get me going thinking like, that is like a really specific melding of my skills and interests that is like a contained thing that I can do to help other artists. Um, but I think that's what's been so lovely about this time, sort of in a way, because people have, yeah, been more, they want to reach out, they want to help. And it is just really nice. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also like when I used to do like business calls, you know, I, I would try to be... I don't know. I think that's even kind of thing. I would try to be something as opposed to just being. So like when we're, and when, when I'm having a conversation, like I'm having a conversation with you over Zoom and like, I'm in my kitchen and I'm so much, you know, it's like, you're just like hanging out with me. Like there's this feeling of comfort um, because we're both in, well, I guess you're at your friend's place. So it's not quite in your own home, but maybe without that crazy beeping next door, it is more comfortable than your own home at the moment. Um, I think there's kind of just like this, like letting down of your guard and just like, just being, feeling more like centered, um, and more just like more comfortable and open. Um, so I've had some like really great conversations where, I'm just like, oh, wow, like, I just, like, yeah, like, I just made a new friend, like, that, oh, like, I feel so warm and fuzzy, like, that was so wonderful, so, um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I think people are just, like, receptive, yeah. Yeah, you can put people on a pedestal yeah. as well, and think, oh, God, their work's amazing, they're this, they're that, and, but you need, I think you forget, yeah, there's a person behind it, and there's mm-hmm. someone that you can chat to behind it, there's a friend behind it, so, yeah, yeah it's lovely in that our email when we were emailing each other just about what we were going to say on the podcast um about accomplishing things at a certain age and like yeah how's like what's that been like and where have you got sort of not to pressure yourself about that really yeah so that's a really good point and I'm glad that I I'm glad that I mentioned it and glad that you remembered to mention it because I forgot um So I think back in, so this is also, it's a multi-pronged answer. So like back when I was like, you know, defined as a writer, I would have, I mean, I think that they meant it. Like I, you know, this is not to like poo-poo on people who have believed in me and encouraged me because that's pretty obnoxious. But like back in the day when I have teachers who were like, dedicate your first book to me. And I was like, okay, I have to write a book. Like, you know, so, like, from, like, second grade onwards, I was, like, gotta write a book and thank every elementary school teacher, you know, like, even if I didn't want to write a book, I was, like, this is, like, this is, like, my legacy, like, they have, like, bequeathed this to me, and now, now I'm obligated, um, and then even going to college, like, and being an English major and having all these, like, really smart other writer people around me, um, and then, but then leaving college, um, graduating, not just like being like, peace out, though that's perfectly valid as well. Um, 
and going into like the film thing and then I bounced around like actually right after school I had so many odd jobs because I just it turns out that even if you go to a good school you may have like zero life skills and zero professional life skills in particular so I just was like you know was like okay I have Harvard on my degree or like my Harvard degree and on, on my resume so like come on world hire me and it's like to do what <laughs> like to just to be a snob like no one's gonna just hire you for that not that I am but that could be a perception people have so yeah so I was like let's see I went around and like interviewed people to or like convince them to like uh audition for the real world when they were doing like a casting session I worked in retail I did like online writing tutoring for ESL kids um, I was a typist for, uh, like, a social studies professor. I helped an art history professor, like, organize her slides. Um, I know there's more. There's so much more that I did. It was just ridiculous. Um, and I was, like, working all the time and all these random things, nothing that I, like, particularly loved, and nothing that was on a particular schedule either, so it was just, like, really haphazard. Um, and then I was, like, I'm just gonna like maybe I really should just get a full-time job like I was kind of resisting it for so long but I was like this is so hard um and it wasn't really freelancing it really was just odd jobbing and I'm like this eh, I'm not feeling it um so and also I was really especially going from a college environment where there's just like I was I had like nine roommates and like friends in classes and activities and just walking around campus and meeting people like suddenly being living with just like a few roommates and not having colleagues or like you know any kind of team was just like really isolating um and I was definitely sad um so yeah like the like the magic of university was like I just like way you know expired and just and suddenly just like adult life yeah and then just like your whole support system gets yanked out from under you and I was like I'm so sad like I don't like you know, even just having to, like, wake up and be on a schedule or, or being, you know, responsible for something or not being able to just, like, sleep through something. Um, I was like, wow, yeah. So I was, like, not prepared. Um, but, uh, oh, and that's also when I was working at a documentary film company. That was, like, a little more stable, but also, like, I wasn't paid. So then I was still doing all the odd job stuff on the side, working around this gig. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um... But, uh, but I was, tr I was really just trying to make it as, like, not a full-time writer because I was like, eh, I don't think I want to do that. And then eventually I just, like, gave up, not gave up exactly, but I came to the realization, I was like, okay, I, I gave myself enough time away from writing all the time that now I'm coming back to it, I'm like, you know what, I kind of miss doing something that I have some skills <laughs> and experience, like, it's just really tiring to keep trying to redefine yourself or try new things or even just cobble together a living wage doing things that you're like not that you're just trying out I was like okay being an intern at a documentary film company where I'm not paid like it's like I don't even know what to do to like support myself in this field like this is like if I have an interest in film then like maybe I should just like do it back and kind of think of it as like an elective again where maybe I just work with a with a creator on something or make my own thing or whatever so going back and doing marketing writing it was like something that I felt very comfortable doing it was a lot of what the kind of stuff that I'd done um even just like writing for my school paper or writing for different magazines back when I was like more into that um so that was the right thing for me to do 
Um, but always, but a large part of what I did was write profiles about students for different, um, yield materials, either like trying to like attract prospective students or writing for the alumni magazine. And there was always this feeling of like, I was in my office writing about other students who would come in and they would leave. And I was like, ah, oh, like, you know, like I want to be the one being written about like why, like it was just kind of like, you know, sort of just being the, um, not the observer, but a little bit of that where I was like, I'm just documenting their greatness and they get to go on and do cool things and I'm still stuck here. And I just was like, you know, not, it was not even like an ego thing, but I was just like, I'm not creating anything that is like really personally meaningful to me. I'm just doing things about other people. Um, so at the time I was really into like indie comics and was like writing scripts for my own like autobio comics, but I didn't know how to draw. So that was also like for a few years, like I took some classes, but I was like really bad. Um, and it was just like, it's just not a skill set that I have. It just, it's just not in the cards. So then I was like really bummed out because I was like, I finally found like the mode of self-expression that really interests me. Wait, let me just check one thing. Um, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I have a, I'm their call at 1130. Um, so I just was like, wait, um, <laughs> sorry. So I've been rambling. So, um, we can always talk again some other time if you need more material. Um, but I just was like, oh, shoot. Um, but so I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, but I, so I did figure out, like, I felt like I finally found, like, my niche where I was like, okay, like, I love comedy. I love storytelling. I don't like describing, um, like, I like to just get cut into the chase of, like, what is, like, the cool information. Usually it's, like, a funny scenario and, like, quirky dialogue and, like, something that's, like, that personally happened to me, like these little vignettes. Um, but I don't like describing scenery or smell, like all this kind of stuff that goes into prose. I was like, eh, I don't want it. Um, I just want to like tell the dialogue and like set the tone and just give you enough of the background information that you can get this like little sketch. Um, so, you know, I was, then I was just like heartbroken that I was like, okay, I've written all this stuff. I trudge into work every day and write about other people's stories. I really want to write my stories, but I didn't have the, the drawing skills. I reached out to a few different artists who are friends of mine and they're like, yeah, I can maybe draw like a few things for you. And just, it just never happened because I had no money. Um, and they had their things to do. And so I ended up just like, you know, just being like heartbroken where I was like, I'm never going to achieve this art output that like is really meaningful to me. Um, but around the same time I was getting more into like writing jokes on Twitter. I was like, well, there's, there's other, you know, with memoir stuff, like, it doesn't have to happen at any particular time. Like, you will have those memories, or, like, they, if, if it's something that happened in the past, it's already done. So you can write about it when you're 60, or 50, or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to happen right now. So I was like, okay, one day, maybe I'll revisit this, but if I write out everything now, I'll at least have it before my memory just, like, goes kaput. Um, so that was the way that I kind of like reassured myself. And then I started doing like the comedy writing on Twitter. And then it was kind of like, oh, I can like tell jokes or like write about scenarios or even narrate, um, you know, little vignettes that happened to me without having to rely on someone else to do the illustrations. Like here's a way that I can convey it purely with words, um, and have no barrier to publishing, like just like put it on the internet. Um, so that went well actually for a few years and that was like a really good outlet. Um, and then from there, like the street art and the typography and the digital art and all this stuff. And I think 
Um, I mean, I sort of think of it like I'm not trying to be like a professional athlete or a dancer where I have like a certain number of years of like my body is going to permit me to do this and then like I can only teach because I'm going to be just like a mess. Um, so I think with any creative discipline, like first of all, you're probably going to try a bunch of different things before you really find your style. You might get bored of it. You might, there might be some new technology like the glitch art stuff. Like if, if these apps didn't exist, then like who knows what I would be doing right now. Um, so there's always new doors you can open and new people you can meet and new areas that you can explore or collaborate on. Um, so I did not even intend to be an artist, um, at least not in this field. So um, at this point, I'm just kind of like, just take it as it comes. And like, I don't really have any like year-based goals. I just in general want to keep creating and keep learning and keep helping and keep meeting people. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I think that, um, I don't think it comes, I don't think it ever comes from like a personal standpoint of like, I have to achieve this by a certain age. Like, I think that has all been absorbed from the outside when you see like 30 under 30 and all this stuff where, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like just as long as you're working towards something or you have a vision or you're learning or even you're just like making money to support yourself like and you're not doing anything creative like just you're living your life you're surviving it will all fall into place if you care and you keep yourself open and you just like make an effort to i don't know just have that point of view um and take action to get there like even if it's like with twitter it was like i was just like goofing around and then was able to then get like a different writing job that i preferred because like i was able to demonstrate like my comedic chops but that wasn't even something that I was really heading out to do. So I think a lot of it is just like following what you naturally are interested in if you're creative. And then there's so many different facets of it that can apply to new opportunities um, that at, at that at that exact time, you may not be thinking about it at all. And that can delightfully surprise you later or can build on other things. Um, so I think with creativity, it's just like you have your whole life to be creative and you can try out so many different things and kind of the magic of like when I was first starting out with digital art I could be I could put not like you know ease the pressure on myself because I was like I don't know I'm just doing this for fun or I'm just trying this out you know I'm new to this so I was able and like it didn't really matter to anybody else it was purely in my own head but it opened me up to have more fun with it and to not stress out about it um so yeah and I was like not even trying to make it a career at that time um, so, uh, you know, it's just like good for your health to have, um, a more forgiving point of view about, um, your own creative trajectory. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a lovely, it's a really nice way of putting it actually. Yeah. Well, on that note, cause I know you've got to be somewhere else. Um, yes. and you've said so many amazing things and you've talked for such a long time. I'm sure you need to get a cup of tea or something. <laughs> I do. And I'm yeah, sure that you. anyone that listens to this is going to get some great tips and advice. And it's been really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been really fun.